I want to welcome every one of us to the live broadcast of the City of Melbourne and uh, to the City of Refuge, Melbourne. And uh, wherever you're watching us today, uh, maybe from Melbourne or beyond the City of Melbourne or in the nations of the world, I want to welcome you specially. Today is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I believe that you're joining today for a purpose and you will never be the same again because the Lord is here with us and God has a word for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful day. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for the things you have done. Thank you for the things you are doing today. Thank you for the things you will do in the days to come. We worship you. We adore you. Thank you because we are not here by accident. The steps of the people have been ordered to come and receive the word of life and the word of power. The word that you have committed to my mouth even for my generation. Heavenly Father, I speak and I pray, Lord, that nobody will remain the same. You will touch hearts, you open eyes to see, you open ears to hear, you open hearts to know what the Lord is saying even, even to his people. Lord, I just want to thank you. Thank you so much as we travel with you even during this service. We give you praise, we give you worship, we give you adoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Today is the third day of our praying and fasting. We started praying and fasting on Friday, the 3rd of April. And then yesterday again, we're having a time of just staying before the Lord and hearing from God. And today is the last day, and I believe that God has a word for you. And I'll be taking you to scriptures so that you can receive the word of life and the word of power that God has committed to my mouth even for my generation. Let's open our Bible to the book of Exodus, chapter number 12. That is where we'll take our journey from. Exodus, chapter number 12, from verse number 1. It reads, and I quote, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, Let's stop for now. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. Quite interesting that God spoke to them while they were still in the land of bondage. A bondage that lasted for 430 years. It was supposed to be for 400 years, but it extended for another 30 years. God spoke to them while they were still there. And th that is quite significant, which I want us to see. Because God does not just wait for things to happen before he speaks. <laughs> I say God does not just wait for things to happen before he speaks. God speaks so that things can happen. That is not the way human beings operate. Human beings speak regarding their present situation. People speak at best after the fact. But God does not wait for things to change. God will speak so that things can change. He speaks not just to communicate, God speaks to effect a change. 
I believe this is the original purpose for communication. The way we communicate now, the way we speak now is as a result of the fall. When man fell in the Garden of Eden, a lot of things changed. And man now speaks in a way that does not reflect the original purpose of God, but to reflect their situation. God will speak so that things can change. While they were still in the land of bondage, God spoke to them. And he said, what did he say to them? He said, this month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Hallelujah. The month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month for them. God changed the calendar in the middle of the month. and the middle of the year, sorry. Change your calendar in the middle of the year. It's only God that can change the calendar. Times and seasons are in his hands. He said it will be the beginning of months for them. A new beginning from the bondage. A new beginning from the lack. A new beginning from the poverty. A new beginning from the oppression they were living under. God said he will change the calendar and we will see later in the service. Did he do that? We will see that later on as we continue. So this will be a new beginning for them. The Lord spoke to me that the title of this message will be Behold, I Make All Things New. Amen. Behold, I make all things new. Because he wants to give his people a new beginning, even in the middle of the crisis of coronavirus, or as popularly referred to, COVID-19. When I, when I was thinking about that, I just, I just had a pause in my spirit. COVID-19. And this is year 2020. How can something that ever began or something that had its root in 2019 now be having so much impact in 2020? I am here today as God's servant to execute the judgment written against this COVID-19. We are restricting it. We are, we are, we, we, we know we are restricting to 2019 and 2019 had passed away we're in 2020 COVID-19 you have the ear to hear I say you have no power again to afflict to affect to impact to change our 2020 I am standing in the place of the one sent by God to declare this judgment this morning praise the name of the Lord I will take you to where the word actually you know, when God spoke to me, behold, I will make you things new. I will take you to the word it is in scriptures. I want us to open to Revelation chapter 21 from verse number 1. Revelation 21, verse number 1. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Amen. You know, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle was, was a physical structure. But in the New Testament, God changed the entire story. God will no longer dwell in physical structure. God now wants to live in the hearts of men. God now wants to live in the hearts of men. And that is what Revelation is talking about here. He said, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. 
God himself will be with them and be their God. God is our refuge. God is our dwelling place. God is our tabernacle. The tabernacle of God will dwell with men. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I have news for you. I stand to declare. He spoke to me very clearly. He said, this will be the title of the message that I have for my people today. Behold, I make all things new. And I believe as you listen to this word, as you receive this word, and as you're going to run with this word, all tears will be wiped away in the name of Jesus. And God will wipe every tear away from their eyes. And there should be no more word, no more death, no sorrow, no crying. And there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Hallelujah. I'm just repeating the words of the one who, who is standing on the throne. And he says that, he said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write for these words are true and faithful. I tell you, I'm telling you right now, write down these words. For these words, they are true and faithful. Write it on your notebook. Write it in your house. Write it uh, in your homes. Write it everywhere and put it there. Behold, God is making all things new. I said that is why today, the, today the very last day of our praying and fasting, I have this, I have this unction upon my life to announce to you to put an end to anything that has been afflicting, anything that COVID-19 has brought into your life, anything that is causing a setback, that is what we're going to do today. I am here as one saying to execute the judgment written. Amen. So behold, I make all things new. Right? For this was a true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. Hallelujah. He declares the end from the beginning. Praise the name of the Lord. Even the things which are not yet done. Say my counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. You know before, his, before Revelation, before this account in the book of Revelation, there was an account, there was an account in, in, by Isaiah the prophet. When Isaiah wrote, in Isaiah 43, verse number 19, he said, he said, God will do a new thing, and it will spring forth, and you will see it. He said, I will create rivers in the deserts, and I will make a way in the wilderness. God said, I will do a new thing. I said, it shall spring forth. Amen. Praise God. This month, oh, this month, I declare over you, I pronounce over you, I prophesy over you. That is your month of new beginnings. I said, behold, God is doing new things in your life. In the name of Jesus. He will create rivers in the deserts. And he will make a way in the wilderness. Where there's been no river, rivers will start to flow. Where there's been wilderness, oh, I'm telling you, God will create rivers in them. And where there's been wilderness, God will make a path through them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Revelation, he said, Behold, I make all things new. Praise God. And after that, he said to me, he said, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give the fountain of water freely to him who thirsts. Revelation 21, verse 1 to 6. Let's go back to Exodus. The book of Exodus, uh, chapter 12. And I'll continue to read. This month shall be a beginning, shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So speak to all the congregation of Israel. Praise God, saying, 
So this word is not just for a few people. It just speaks to the entire congregation. This is the very, for, for those of us who are students of the scripture, this is the very first time where the word congregation actually appears in the Bible. Before now, you will not find it. This is the very first occurrence in the entire scripture of the word congregation. We became the foundational word for the New Testament use of the word ecclesia, which is called the church today. Ecclesia. You find here in Exodus 12, God calling Israel his congregation. Amen. The foundation of the word ecclesia. What is the word ecclesia? The word ecclesia is the word, you know, is the word that signifies two things: an assembly, meaning unity, and then number two, a journey. An assembly, meaning unity, and then number two, a journey. Because they were about to begin a journey here. Praise the name of the Lord. The Christian life is a journey. The Christian life is a journey of faith. It's a journey walking with the Lord. It's a journey of discoveries. It's a journey of experiencing Jehovah. It's a journey of, 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 of discovering God. Somebody said, but the Bible says, God, it means the same yesterday, today, and forever. Absolutely. But in the same Bible, it says what? I will do a new thing. In fact, we have just read it. It said, behold, I make all things new. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because there are dimensions of God that are yet to be discovered by men. There are dimensions of God that man is yet to experience. So God says, oh, those dimensions, I'll open them to you so that you can experience them. But I like this so much because it's a word that God is giving to the entire congregation. The entire congregation of the city of refuge, Melbourne. The entire congregation of God's people in this city, in this nation, and in the nations. God is saying to them, speak to the whole congregation. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Speak to them. And what did he say to them? Let's continue to read. And uh, saying, on the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Everyone will take a lamb for his And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goat. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. The Lord spoke to them. He said, take a lamb. Amen. He said, a lamb. And then they would take it. He said, take it on the tenth day and keep it until the fourteenth day. So the lamb was actually to stay with them for four days. By that time, the lamb, they would have gotten used to the lamb. The lamb, in a way, will have become part of the household. Praise the name of the Lord. And then after what he now said, you will slaughter the lamb. Why did God say that? Because God was going to ask him to offer to him something that becomes so precious to them. They would have gotten used to the lamb. It would have become precious to them. It would have become part of them. And God said, after that is when you can slaughter the lamb. And it's also a foretaste of the Lamb of God. Do you remember? John, in his, in, in his gospel, in his account, said, 
was talking to Jesus, talking about Jesus, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sins of the whole world. This is actually a foretaste of the Lamb that will eventually die on the cross for us. Number two, I want us to look at this also. God wanted something precious that we offered to him. The lamb will be without blemish. The lamb that, that, that was to be offered to him was to be without blemish. And this sacrifice on the Lord had to be as perfect as a lamb could be. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. And today is also, there's a lesson for us there that you don't just offer anything to God. You offer something precious to you. You offer something that touches you. You offer something so that what touches you can touch heaven. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I say praise the name of the Lord. And then now listen to the instructions he gave today. He said, and they shall, from verse number 7, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh of it that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread, with bitter herbs, and they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head and its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist and on your sandals and on your, on your, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's pass over. Listen to the instruction God gave them. He said, you shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost. Put it on the doorpost. Put it on the lintel. What you put it there. And by the time you apply the, the, the blood to the doorpost and the lintel, it will give an image. An image of the cross dripping from their doorway. So that as they went out and as they walk in, they will be seen, be seen all the time. So the blood on the doorpost showed the sacrifice of the Passover lamb, which was to be remembered in daily life. Why did God say, put it on the doorpost? Put it on the lintel so that it will be part of their daily life. Something they will see all the time. Something they will experience. Praise the name of the Lord. They will see it every time you went in. You see it every time. And then he said the lamb was not just to be slain, but to be eaten. And our Lord Jesus Christ has not been slain merely that we may hear about him and talk about him, or think about him, but we may feed upon him. Amen. Feed upon him. Today, I believe this, you know, I mentioned this before, and I'll say it again. Why did God allow Did God know about coronavirus before now? Did God know that it will happen? God stopped it? Why didn't he stop it? Why did God allow it? Why did God allow it? Do you know that when man is down to nothing, God is up to something. When man seems to be groping, not knowing what to do, there's something that God wants to bring out of it. Now everybody has been restricted to our homes. Everybody now, you know, the issue of going to work all the time, the issue of being so busy all the time, the issue, all of that has been taken out. We're all at home. I mentioned this last Sunday, and I've been repeating it. 
God wants a returning people. God wants us to return to him. Something taking our priorities away from God. We've allowed a lot of distractions into our lives. Can you, did you notice that the entire lockdown that is affecting the entire city is also affecting those of us in the church? Everybody is now at home. Everybody, in fact, the restrictions in the state of Victoria has been limited to just two people. So you can't have more than two unless you are part of the essential services. We thank God that we can see brokers live from, 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 um, you know, from, from, from our place, of, of, from where we are. We can see brokers live, but now everybody is at home. This is a time to return to him, a time to feed more on him. Don't waste the time. I know they say, watch this on television. Watch that on television. Why it is good? I'm not saying don't watch, but what I'm saying is that don't waste this time. Invest it. Invest it in something worthwhile. Invest it in your relationship with him. How has been your relationship before this time? How has been your relationship before this lockdown? Now is the time to return to him. Return to feeding on him. Return to feeding on his word. Return to spending time in prayers with him. Return to your place of fellowship. And your place of fellowship with him as a result of relationship. Thank God for relationship. But many of us have lost fellowship. There's a difference between fellowship and relationship. Oh, relationship, yes, we've come into that relationship with him when we receive Christ into our hearts as our Lord and Savior. But beyond that, there must be fellowship. Amen. Fellowship, spending time with him. Or do you want me to give you my own definition of fellowship? I call it fellows in the same ship traveling in the same direction. That means you are traveling with Jesus you're traveling with God in the same direction of his will, of his plan, of his purpose for your life. Traveling in the same direction. God instructed them here. He said, oh, kill the lamb. Take the blood. Put the blood on the doorpost. Put the blood on the lintel. Put the blood there in a place very visible, in a place where you continually see it. And then he now said, feed on the remaining after it's been burned. Do you know that Jesus said the same thing in the New Testament? Jesus said we should actually feed on him. A few weeks back, I was teaching in church, and I said to the church, I said, you are what you eat and you drink. That is not barbarism. That is not just, you know, uh, we're talking about feeding on the bread, feeding on the body, feeding on Jesus. Let me read it to you where he said that. John chapter 6, verse number 53. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, my, my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food in thee, and my blood is, is drink in thee. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living, living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. He gave them the, 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 the bread in the, I mean, when they were in Egypt. 
a, a, you know, a prelude to the communion that we'll be having today. And that's why today, again, is our communion day. We're ending these three days of praying and fasting with communion. And I, I, you know, I want to say to you, get your bread ready. Get your wine ready. Because we're ending these three days of praying and fasting with wherever you are. Gather your children. Gather your family together. And get the bread and the wine ready so that you can be part, part of it. And I want to take you back to the words of Jesus. Jesus said, whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has everlasting life or eternal life. Say, and I will raise him up at the last day. Say, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. You know, Jesus said at the beginning of his ministry, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by McDonald's alone. Some of us need to hear that. Hello? Man shall not live by McDonald's alone. Man shall not live by KFC alone. Man shall not live by Ugeli alone. Man shall not live by Pantayam alone. Whatever it is, man shall not live by lasagna alone. Whatever it is that is your favorite food that you love to consume, Jesus is speaking to you that don't let that be that focus of your consumption. Feed on the word. He said, but by every word that proceed, proceed from the mouth of God, proceed from the mouth of the Father, is called the proceeding word. The proceeding word is the rhema word. The proceeding word is the on-time word. The proceeding word is the word sent from the throne of God to get things done on your behalf. We all need the proceeding word. When God said, man shall not live by bread alone, or you shall feed on me, he was talking about feeding on the proceeding word. The proceeding word is also the sword of a spirit. And I have a proceeding word for today. And it's called to execute the judgment written. When we get there, I will lead you, and I will show you what to do, and what eventually, how we eventually will apply it. But I need to emphasize this. A lot of believers do not have time for the word. If you don't feed on the word, you will be weak. What you don't know cannot confer benefits on you. If you don't take time to receive the word into your spirit, by meditating on the word, by taking time in the word, you will be weak and eventually you will be devoured. You become a prey. Sometimes people will, it's good to pray and I encourage you to pray. It's important to pray. But what do you pray with when you don't have the word of life? When you don't have the word that God has given to you? Oh, it's important you feed on the word. When you have the word, when you've received the word, when you are holding on to the word, then you can start to apply it as a sword in the spirit. It will make your prayer so effective. It will make your prayer so powerful. That is why you become so strong and such a very powerful believer. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, I, I, there's something that I also see there. There's no way you can be feeding on the bread of life that the thing that is on the outside, coronavirus or whatever it is, will, uh, will, will be able to lay hold on you and destroy you. 
because the presence, his presence is living inside of you. Tell me, can coronavirus attack the Holy Spirit? Can coronavirus attack Jesus? Or even is there coronavirus in heaven? Uh, do you think they are looking for vaccination in heaven now? How? What do we do about this coronavirus? No way. There's no way for that. There's nothing like that in heaven. And when the Bible says that we are seated with him in heavenly places, we are ambassadors of heaven on earth. Dear friends, if you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you. If you've wandered away from him, I want to encourage you. It's time to return to your first love. And I want to speak to some people right now because there are those who are, who are watching me. You're watching me because now everybody is at home. And now you are listening to this word. And your relationship with him is, is, is completely, has become broken, has become fractured. The Lord is calling you back to himself. It's time for you to return. Amen. So that you can be a partaker of what God is offering to us today. And for those of us, your relationship has not been broken in that way, but you have not feeding on him. You have become so busy because of this work, because of this assignment, because of this schedule, because of this, because of that. But now it's time for you to turn. So feed on him. Amen. So much fear around about this infection, of this, this virus called Corona. Amen. This pandemic called Corona. There's so much fear all over the whole place. But do you know what? Is there fear in heaven? And I have news for you. If you're a child of God, if you belong to God, you do not need to fear. The Bible says, do not fear what others are fearing. Why? Because the presence of God is in you. Because God is for you. Our dwelling place is God. The eternal God is our refuge. No evil shall be for you. No plague will come near your dwelling. In the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In our set today, let me take you, you know, in our set today, you know, in our set about the instruction, he said, uh, do not eat it raw and the rest, you know, and then now said, I think that should be verse 10 or verse, verse 9. So you shall not let, you shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist on your sandals, on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Look at it. Look at the instruction he gave them. You know, God is not, God is so specific about these instructions. God is not just, uh, he doesn't just, uh, you know, so he, he, he was giving them specific instructions on what to do so that they can be sure what they will experience. He said, now, take your belt. Put your belt on your waist. Put your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand so that you shall eat it in haste. Why were they commanded to eat it in haste? They putting on all, all the belt on their waist. They wearing their sandals and their staff in their hand was a preparation for them to embark on the journey. Even though they were still under the bondage of Egypt. They were still under the bondage of Pharaoh and bondage in Egypt. God spoke to them that he would take them out and was preparing them so that as many as will respond in faith, they will be part of those that will embark on the journey. The promises of God are received by faith. Amen.
I said the promise of God are received by faith. Words have been declared even this morning. Words have been declared before this morning. And words will still be declared at the end of the service. God wants you to receive this word by faith. God does not walk in the... God walks in eternity. God does not walk here on earth. He walks in eternity. Man lives on earth. And the major challenge we have is this. How do we connect to God who lives in eternity, what he has done in eternity, what is ordained in eternity, and bring them to time? That is our challenge. Faith is the breed that connects eternity to time so that we can be a partaker of what heaven is doing or what heaven is saying here on earth. Amen. Earth is the dwelling place of man. Heaven is the dwelling place of God. He lives in heaven. He lives in eternity. He walks in eternity. But man lives in time. That is always the challenge. Eternity impacting time or time connecting to eternity is always the challenge we have. The things that God, the prophecies that God has spoken, the word that God has declared, sometimes our present situation, our natural situation seems to be so far away from the prophetic word. The link that will connect the two is your faith. Your faith will connect you from time or the natural or the place where you are to eternity where God is. Amen. And where God is, there's no limitation. Praise God. I say where God lives, there's no limitation. There's no lack. There's no coronavirus. There's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no cash crunch. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And God wants to connect you this morning to that dimension. Enough of living naturally. The believer has not been called to live naturally. The believer has been called to live supernaturally here on earth. Amen. And as long as you are living naturally, there are a lot of things you won't be able to connect to. But the moment you are able to connect to the supernatural God, the El Shaddai God, the one who called you, the one who saved you, the one who is speaking to you this morning, then you'll be a partaker of everything that he has ordained for you. Can you imagine God giving them instruction? Get your belt ready. Pack your ways. Get your belt ready. Not only that, wear your sandals on your feet. Put your staff. And, uh, and it was accident to adopt the posture of, of, about, of someone about to embark on the trip or embark on the journey. And some, uh, I can imagine some saying in their hearts, Oh, but why do you have to do this? We have not been delivered yet. Pharaoh would not allow us to leave. Oh, blah, 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 blah. But thank God that some definitely obeyed. Amen. And maybe others also joined them. And I'm telling you the same thing today. Connect with this word that you're hearing today in faith. Amen. Connect it in faith. And what is the word? No evil shall befall you in Jesus' name. What is the word? No plague will come near your dwelling. No coronavirus will come near your dwelling in the name of Jesus. You dwell in the sacred place of the Most High. Therefore, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. And you will say, you will join me to say, join me to say that I am saying, I am saying, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my fortress. In Him will I trust. And surely, He will deliver you. It will deliver me from the snare of the fowler.
and from every noisome pestilence. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He will cover me with his feathers. And under his wings, I will take refuge. I will not be afraid of the terror of the night. The arrows that fly by day. The destruction that lays waste at noonday. And the pestilence that walks about in darkness. A thousand may fall by my side. Ten thousand by my right side. They shall in no way come near me. With my eyes. I will see the recompense of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord my God. And the most high my habitation. That is the word of the Lord for you. Regarding coronavirus. In the name of Jesus. This evil will not befall you. This plague will not come near your dwelling. I do, there are a lot of cons uh, uh, conspiracy theories about the origin of it. It doesn't matter to me whether it came from Wuhan in China, whether it was as, as a result of 5G or 4G or 3G or whatever G it is. That G, you know, is still a small G. I serve a big God. And if the first letter in that God is the big letter G, capital letter G. That is one that it does not matter the origin of it. Because I dwell in that sacred place. And I abide under the shadow of the almighty God. I connected my faith to that. That it does not matter the infection going around. It doesn't matter where it is flying from. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And no corona can touch me. No corona can touch you. Even as you're seated, you know, in heavenly places with him. He told them, take your Take your garment, take your belt, put on your sandals, take your stick before eating it. To, see, to, to, to put them in a place where they are prepared, not one, obeying God's word, and then number two, prepared to leave, to leave the place. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. But, hallelujah. And he said, look at what he now says today. It is the Lord's word. It is the Lord's Passover. The Passover was the Lord's in the sense that he provided for them a path of rescue to deliver Israel from the plague of the firstborn. It was the Lord's Passover. It was his provision to deliver Israel from the plague of Egypt. Before now, do you know that they've had about nine different plagues? The water was turning to blood. The plague of lies, of frogs, of so many other things took place. But those things were not powerful enough to deliver them. Each of those plagues were attacking a specific God of Egypt that was holding them bound until this last one. When he said, now, this is what you do. Amen. Now take the lamb. Slaughter the lamb. Shed the blood. Sprinkle the blood. Wear your sandals. Put on your belt. Put on your, and be ready to embark on and then be part of it. It was lost, Passover. But even on a bigger scale, do you know that this was actually the prelude to the communion that we have in today? He instituted them. And I want to see, uh, and uh, probably I'll read something to you later, where he said that this would be a, a memorial for you. 
This will be an ordinance for you that you observe forever, from generation to generation. It was a prelude to the eventual sacrifice of the Lord Jesus on the cross of Calvary. This took place to prepare your generation, my generation, and the generations before us for the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. When he stood on the cross and he shed his blood, how many places were the nails put on? Right hand, the right palm, the left palm, and what? And what again? Yes, one on what? Both of his feet, and then one what? By the side. How many places? Right hand, left hand, the two feet, and then the side. How many? Five places. It's just to signify the grace. That being partakers of the blood, or the bread and the wine, will release into your life. Grace enables us to do the things that we are unable to do in our own strength. So God, when, it's, when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, and which is now asking us, you know, to be a partaker of, by the virtue of communion, it was also releasing dimension of grace on humanity that you are unable to partake on your, uh, you know, by your own strength. It was only the blood of Jesus that brought atonement for sin. His death also received the bitter cup of judgment over sin. And the Passover of Jesus, praise the name of the Lord, was a done and a prelude to the freedom that his people will eventually experience. Amen. In the same way as you partake of the bread and partake of the wine today, it will be a prelude to the total freedom that you will experience. Not only about coronavirus, because for some of us, the issue of coronavirus is settled. It's already settled. The Lord said to me, did you notice that, look at the word they gave, COVID-19. This was supposed to be in 2019. How can 2019 be making so much impact on 2020? Oh, and I said, wow. I said, Lord, we're going to confine it to 2019 confine it to history, send it back to where it came from. Amen. And I'm not talking about Wuhan, China. Amen. I'm not because <laughs> the people of Wuhan are probably as innocent as you and I. But I'm talking about sending it back to the pit of hell, the origin of this. Because this thief, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There have been lots of stealing. Stealing. Loss of killing, loss of destruction taking place. You know how many people have died as a result of COVID-19? This COVID-19 pandemic is the worst pandemic in our generation. I went, I, I did a, a few checking, and I realized that even SARS that took place, I think that must have been 2000 and, uh, uh, 2000 and maybe four or thereabout, only about 770 people died. The Ebola that took place in uh, 2014, 10 years after SARS, about 11,200 people died, according to the records. In three months, COVID-19 had actually taken out over 50,000 people. 
In some of the nations like Italy and Spain, you have 14,000, 11,000, and the rest of it. But we thank God. Today we are executing the judgment written against it. In the name of Jesus, we are taking our stand regarding our land. Not just our church right now. I believe regarding our church, it is settled. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe if you are part of the city of refuge, Melbourne, we settled this about, about a month ago in church when I led us to apply the special vaccination given to us from heaven regarding coronavirus. And I also led us to the, to the communion table regarding the city of refuge, Melbourne. That has been settled since then. But I'm talking about our city. I'm talking about our nation. It is time we must rise up and take over whatever ground that this particular endemic or pandemic has, has, has taken from us. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ. So that is why we're going back to the communion table again today. To receive communion. To receive reassurance for ourselves. And then number two, also to execute judgment against COVID-19 in our life. And I believe in the name of Jesus Christ that from this moment, this virus will start to die and be completely eradicated in this city in Jesus' name. I believe that from this day, the numbers of infection will start to go down in the name of Jesus. I believe in Jesus' name that in, from this day, that oh, those who are expecting that this thing will last under six months, they will be so disappointed because in the same way that he appeared, in the same way it's going back. We are confining COVID-19 to the heaps of history. We are confining COVID-19 to the heaps of history. In the name of Jesus, I take my authority from the fact that I am standing as a sent one. He called me. He sent me to this city of Melbourne. And therefore, I'm standing in the place of his authority. I'm standing as one saying that COVID-19, you can't invade my territory. You can't invade where God has sent me to stand. And by the authority of heaven, I'm executing the judgment written against you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let, let's go to verse number 12. Verse number 12 of Exodus 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. You've been hearing that word from me for quite a while now. You've been hearing the word about executing judgment. Can you see it there? Say, and I will execute judgment. Praise God. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Amen. Praise God. Today you are going to take that wine. You are going to take that bread. You are going to follow the instruction that the Lord is giving us. Amen. And as you partake of it, don't just take, you're not just taking it for yourself. Join me in faith that we're standing in the gap for our city. We're standing in the gap for our nation to drive this pandemic out in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have authority from heaven. The, 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 the order of authority.
authority is from heaven to earth. Earth does not dictate to heaven. Heaven dictates to the earth. That is why I mentioned earlier on that our dwelling place is God. That we are seated with him in heavenly places. Why? So that we can execute the judgment and execute the authority that we have received from him. Amen. Look at what God said to him. It was God that spoke to him. I told it to them. He said, now, he said, now I'm going to pass over after taking the blood, after putting on the doorpost, after putting on the lintel. Now I'm going to pass over Egypt on that night and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. Remember I said to you that each of those plagues were actually released to what? To you know, release regarding the gods of Egypt. And that is why I said they were sending this thing back to where it came from. In the name of Jesus. Yes, they say Wuhan. They say this place. They say that place. It doesn't bother me at all. I can tell you that this thing came from hell. This thing came from hell. And we're sending it back there. In the name of Jesus Christ. As we take our stand in God. And also I want to say this. Do you also know that any Israelite, any one of them, any one of them who believed the word of the Lord, who obeyed the instruction that God gave them, every one of them that obeyed was spared. Every one of them obeyed. But now, peradventure, maybe an Israelite home didn't believe in the power of the blood of the lamb, as he told them here, you know, that they should sacrifice the lamb and eat it. They would have been visited by the same judgment that God reserved for the children of for the, for the Egyptians. That is why today, if, you, if, if your, your believing is not is what connects you to what I'm saying, your faith, remember, is what connects you to what I'm saying. Do you also, can I also say this to you? I dare say this: that even if there were people in Egypt at that time who were not part of the nation of Israel, who would believe the word of the Lord? who probably they will have been told. And they say, oh, they will follow the ordinance. Those people are actually positioning themselves to be spared from the divine judgment that was going to come upon the entire nation. Much more for the Israelites themselves. You know? And that is why intellectual argument about, oh, coronavirus, how this or that is not going to work today. Have you noticed? That if there was a cure, the thing would have been cured a long time ago. About two weeks ago, I listened to the Prime Minister of Italy. And he said, we've done everything that we could do. Italy is part of the G7 nations. Part of the highly industrialized nations. With the facilities, modern technology, and the rest of it like that. But he said, we've done everything. Oh that we could do now just to look up to the sky, call upon the man up there, call upon the man in the sky. Praise God. Isn't that what we've been saying since? Let's learn to look up to the one who is there, the one who can save, the one who can deliver, the one who can set free. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at verse, verse number 14. It now says, So this day shall be to you what? A memorial. And shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your what? Generations. Amen. Praise God. Look at it. This took place thousands of years ago. But say so you shall it shall be a memorial to you 
You shall keep it as a feast throughout your generation. You shall keep it as a feast for an, by as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days shall eat the bread, give them specific instructions. But the point I'm just concerned about is this. It says, so this day it shall be to you a memorial. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as an everlasting ordinance. Which means that even after our generation, this must still be kept. Amen. It must still be kept. When God struck the Egyptians and delivered the household in Passover, there was a twofold work that was done. First, the enemy was defeated. He struck the Egyptians. Secondly, God's people were set free, given a new identity, given a new promise, a new work, a new life altogether. They were set free from slavery. They were set free from bondage. They were set free from the affliction. Oh, that they were under in Egypt. Their enemies were defeated. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And they were completely what? They were set free. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And they were even instructed what to say. You see it there in verse 27. So, then you will say this. It is the Passover of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt. When, okay, praise the name of the Lord. Let's go ahead and read it. Let's go ahead and read it. Verse 27. Exodus 27. Yeah, from verse 27. That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our household. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. So thank God they obeyed. Thank God they followed the instruction. The Bible said they bowed their heads and they worshipped. The very reason why God wanted them to wanted to deliver them out of Egypt. Two Sundays ago, uh, or maybe it was, was last Sunday, I was, I was sharing with us the very purpose why God allowed this. That could God have stopped it? Yes. Did he know about it? Yes. Why didn't he stop it? God is calling us back to himself. God wants to restore through worship so that we can, so that God will have preeminence in our hearts and in our lives. The very reason why he wanted to deliver them, why he delivered them from Egypt, was to restore his worship amongst his people. And this morning, in the name of Jesus, I believe that God is calling us back to himself. I believe that God wants to restore true worship in our hearts, so that his place is not second place, his place is not third place, his place is not fourth place, but his place is number one in our lives. And you are going to follow me as we look at the scriptures and wait and execute the judgment that is written, so that it can be full, a full partaker of what God wants to do. I believe in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that as you partake and remember, yes, you are going to partake of the bread and the wine in your homes, with your family, but this is just bigger than us. We are also taking a stand for our city. We are taking a stand for our nation to drive out COVID-19 and send it back 
to where the entire thing came from. Amen. Praise God. So that whatever it is that is now leading to a, a lot of uh, policies or whatever it is being done, we can completely reverse that and change it and restore everything back to normal. And I want to I want to ask you to open to Psalm 149. That is where I'm taking you, Psalm 149. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 149 from verse number 1. He said, praise the Lord. Remember, March was our month of praise. He said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why did God give us the word praise when he knew coronavirus would attack in the middle of the month? In that, with that kind of ferocity, he wanted his praise to be going ahead. God is always a step ahead of Satan. Hello? God is not trying to catch up with the devil. God is not a step back. God is many steps ahead. So God has spoken already that let your praises be going up because I do it in the praises of my people. That means when your praises are going up, then God can come to dwell and then God can start to fight on your behalf. Because the things that we cannot fight, we cannot handle, God can. So God says, praise me. Hallelujah. And I don't want you to stop praising. In addition to the word that God is giving you today, which I'm announcing over your life after communion. I've mentioned it, but I'm going to prophetically declare it over your life, declare it over our city, declare it over our nation. So I praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and praise in the assembly of saints. Oh, you open your mouth and sing to the Lord a new song. Whatever song you want to see in your life this month, start to sing it. Father, we thank you. I sing a new song that COVID-19 is put to the bed, to the heap of history, even this month in Jesus' name. The number is not just dropping, it's completely dropped in Jesus' name. And we are confining COVID-19 to the heaps of history in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we praise you. We are not singing about the ferocity of this virus. We are singing that the virus has been defeated. We are singing that the virus has been confined to the heaps of history. COVID-19, you are confined to the heaps of history. You are confined in the name of Jesus. We send you back. You are supposed to be COVID-19. You can't be operating very ferociously in 220. We send you back in the name of Jesus. And his praise in the assembly of the saints. Amen. Father, we praise you. We praise you. Thank you. Thank you for working in our lives. Thank you for doing the thing that only you can do. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we adore you. In Jesus' name. Say, let Israel rejoice in their maker. Amen. Praise God. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Oh, what is joy? Joy is different from happiness. Oh, happiness is as a result of the external happiness around you. Oh, yeah, I want to be happy. Thank God. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy. But I have news for you. God wants you to even be joyful. Because joy is bigger than just happiness. Joy comes from God. Happiness comes from the natural circumstances around you. And let me tell you something. Don't let any situation take away your joy. Don't let any situation steal your joy from you. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. If Satan cannot steal your joy, Satan cannot keep your goods. Amen. I'll repeat. If Satan cannot steal your joy, Satan cannot keep your goods. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. 
Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Why joyful? Because of who we are, because of the one we belong, in spite of what the enemy might be trying to do in our circumstances, so that we can start to impose the will of heaven over the earth and impose the, 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 the will of God over the situation in the lives of men. So let them praise his name with the dance. Amen. Praise God. You can, even you can start to dance wherever you are. Amen. Because you are singing a new song. It's a new song for you from today. Amen. Praise God. I join you in dancing myself. Hallelujah. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes, the, takes what? Pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing along in what? Even on their beds. Amen. Let the high praises of God beware in their mouth. And the two-edged sword beware in their hand. To execute what? Vengeance on the nations and punishment on what? To bind their king with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the name of the Lord. So I am standing here this afternoon with a divine mandate to execute the judgment written on coronavirus devastating our city, devastating our nation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, that I shall partake in this bread and wine in the name of Jesus Christ. I shall partake in it that you are going to receive freedom in your own lives too. Freedom if there's been pain in your body. If there's been sickness in your body, you are going to walk free from it in the name of Jesus. The new song will start to emanate from your mouth in Jesus' name. You are walking free from every bondage. You are walking free from every lack. You are walking free from everything that held you back in the name of Jesus Christ. Like I said, I'm standing here as one sent by heaven to proclaim this over your life, to declare this over our city, to declare this over our nation. I want us to go now to the, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, from verse number 23. Let's listen to Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 23. It says, <laughs> praise God. He reads, and I quote, I hope we're all there. For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Take your bread right now. The same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. I'm taking my own bread. Take the bread. The Lord Jesus. So, if you have your bread ready, take it. I'm opening mine and I'm giving you time so that you can take your own.
The Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Father, we give you thanks for the bread. We give you thanks, O oh Lord, once again for the privilege of partaking in this eternal ordinance. And he said he broke it. And he said, take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, read along with me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it, do in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Verse number 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and of the blood of Jesus. But let a man, 28, examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak. And many are sick amongst you, and many sleep. Verse 31 says, if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. What does that mean? You can't eat this with unforgiveness in your heart. You can't eat this with sin in your life. You can't eat this in an unworthy manner. So if there's a need to forgive, you need to let go. Why don't you let go and let God? Don't hold anybody. Oh, pastor, you don't know what he did. You don't know what she did. Oh, yes, maybe she did what he said he did. Or maybe he did what he did what he said he did. But it doesn't really matter. You know, God wants you to forgive. And he said, leave that to me. God knows how to handle everything. Let go and let go. In fact, the reason why maybe you are in the state that you are is because you are trying to fight your own battles by yourself. Why do you allow the Lord to fight on your behalf? Amen. So let no one eat the eat damnation to himself. This is very, very important and vital in the name of Jesus. And also, in addition, my Lord and my God, as we partake of this bread and this wine right now, we execute the judgment written. In the name of Jesus, we execute judgment against coronavirus. Devastating our city, devastating our land, devastating our state, devastating our nation. We cause a turnaround in the name of Jesus. The Bible says wherever the soles of our feet are thread upon you have given to us, we are here as one saint and we command coronavirus you are not here as one saint. One will have to give way. It is not heaven that will give way for the earth. It is earth that will give way for heaven. Therefore, we say in the name of Jesus, enough. We say in the name of Jesus, enough. Enough of afflicting people. Enough of killing people. Enough of destroying lives. Enough of stealing health, stealing finances, stealing from people. Enough is enough. In the name of Jesus Christ, I execute this judgment over you. You demon of coronavirus, the blood is against you. The blood that was shed is against you. In the same way that God delivered the 
children of Israel, the nation of Israel from the bondage of Egypt in the same way the Lord is delivering his people and our city and our nation from the pandemic of COVID-19. In the name of Jesus, your hold is broken. Your hold is destroyed. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Also, finally, in the name of Jesus, and I believe this is the word God is putting in my heart. One of the things, the focus has been on health, but the implication of it is the economy. The implication of it is the finances of people. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, you are a thief. And everything about say, if the thief be found, he will be made to what? To restore sevenfold. And I say in the, especially, that's why it's important that you're a child of God. You're giving your heart to Jesus Christ. It, everything that the enemy has stolen as a result of this pandemic called COVID-19 is time to restore. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. it is time to be to restore. Amen. It will be restored to you Amen. in Jesus' name. Your finances will not be touched. And if it's stolen from you, it will be restored back. In the name of everyone, I say this. Go and write this down. I stand in this place as God sent, as a servant of God, as a prophet of God. If you believe this, you will not know COVID-19 in your finances. In the name of Jesus, you will not know COVID-19 in your finances. In Jesus' name. Because restoration is coming over you. Restoration is coming in every area of your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. For those of you who oh, said your company is, your co in, because of you, your company will not shut down. In Jesus' name. I say you will not shut down in Jesus' name. And peradventure, they say, oh yes, maybe we need to ask you to go. I'm telling you it's because there's a better job that God is giving to you. Either way, your finances is restored. In the name of Jesus Christ. The judgment is executed against this pandemic today in every area of our lives in the name of Jesus. Now, partake of the bread. Before taking or partaking of the wine, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Amen? And this it's a representation of the blood of Jesus. The Lord has to partake of the wine. Thank you for newness of life. <laughs> Thank you for new instruction. Thank you for, for new instruction. Thank you, my Father and my God. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much for new identity. Thank you for your promise is released over us. Thank you for a new walk with you. Thank you for a new life altogether. And finally, thank you, Lord, because I'm declaring this word. You said this will be the title of the message. And I declare it over your people. Behold, I make all things new. Behold, the Lord is making all things new over you, in your life, in your household, over your children, in the name of Jesus. Behold, God is making all things new. The Lord is making your body even new. In Amen. Jesus' name. Every aspect is new. In the name of Jesus. Today, I've come to announce a change of story for you. Amen. 
God is making all things new in the name of Jesus. Now partake of the wine. Hallelujah. Oh, we just sealed it in the spirit. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you praise. We just worship you, oh Lord my God, for tonight. We worship you, Lord, for today. We worship you, oh Lord, for this day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And the Lord is, is, is rounding this up and is giving me a word. It's giving me a song in my heart. And it goes like this. Our God is a miracle God. Our God is a miracle God. He will never fail. He has never failed. He will do what he says he will do. I can see him walking in our favor. I can see him fighting our battles. I can see him bringing in a miracle. He will do what he says he will do. What exactly is that song saying? That the God you serve, the God I serve, is a miracle-working God. That this God is a miracle-working God. Our God is a miracle God. Again, our God is a miracle God. He will never fail. God will never fail. God has never failed. In fact, God intervenes in the failures of men so that they can impose his success on it. He will never fail. He has never failed. He will do what he says he will do. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he a son of man that he should repent. As he said it and will he not do it, as he spoken it, and will he not bring it to pass? It will pass. Amen. You have enough. But God is the God that does exceedingly, abundantly, and above. He's also giving you a takeaway pack. Amen. So if you know this song, you'll be singing it throughout today. That our oh God is a miracle God. For those of us listening to us far wide and near, if you don't know this song, get in touch with us. We'll send the wordings to you. Because also a prophetic word and part of the service for this morning. Our God is a miracle God. Our God is a miracle God. He will never fail. He has never failed. He will do what he says he will do. Hallelujah. I can see him walking in a favor. I can see him fighting my battles. I can see him bringing in a miracle. He will do what he says he will do. Finally, join me as we sing it together. Our God is a miracle God. Our God is a miracle God. He will never fail. He has never failed. He will do what he says he will do. I can see him walking in our favor. I can see him fighting our battles. I can see him bringing in your miracle. He will do what he says he will do. Amen. Oh, what a way to end our three days of praying and fasting. Oh, for those of us who have fasted, and for those of us maybe you didn't know about it and you're joined today, join us this morning, all oh, the blessings are yours in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a way. Is your takeaway package. Be singing it all day. Be singing it in the afternoon. Be singing it in the evening. It's your takeaway package. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord.